0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA Front Office Show. Happy Friday. Friday edition coming in here. Always exciting. We've got a weekend coming up. And also, more exciting, we've got some quality NBA basketball going on. We've got a game seven now that we get to talk about at yeah, least one we of do. them. So that's exciting. We'll talk about that. Uh, I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane over on Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA on this Twitter machine. Keith, let's just, I, I hate talking about injuries, particularly serious ones. So let's, let's just start the show with this. We'll rip the bandaid off. Uh, Danny Green, that injury we saw last night, Joel Embiid falls into his leg. Green's leg gets twisted underneath him. The second I saw it, I went, ooh, that's bad. This is, this is not good. Um, my wife has a background in athletic training. It's not what she uses now in her career, but but that's what her degree is in, is in athletic training. And so I called her in, and I said, "What is?" she's pretty good at diagnosing injuries. And I said, what is this injury? And she said, oh, so that, that could be... Anything, that could be everything in in that knee. That's that's bad, bad, bad. We could be talking about, I mean, this could be the end of of Danny Green's career, given his age and everything. So how did you react when that that injury happened, Keith?
2: That was the very first thought I had was this might be it for Danny Green. He's going to be 35 next month. Uh, It's a year injury. You know, I mean, maybe, 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 maybe something comes back and it's not as severe, you know, as it looked. But uh, when you start getting the reports almost immediately after that they worry of the significance Mm -hmm. like that, tells me they know it's probably pretty bad. So, yeah, so we're talking the year to come back. So that's because of when it happened. That's probably missing the entirety of next season. So that'd be going into – year in age 36 season having not played a year that that seems you know pretty unlikely to me he has a fully non-guaranteed contract for next mm-hmm. year too so that's highly likely that'll get waived um then they'll move on that may have happened anyway um just with what well, phillies kind of face him roster sure. wise but yeah it it this sucks you know this is a guy who kind of really became like a, a self-made guy um you know for for his entirety of his career because he was um not someone who like popped in the nba right away like, like he, he kind of had, had to work to to get there was, you know, not not a thing for him initially. And he you know, really worked hard and earned his role in San Antonio over years, won a title, uh, at least a couple titles with the Spurs, and then won one uh, in Toronto as well, and then won, uh with the Lakers too. So, right?
0: Yeah. yeah
2: he was on that league. Yeah, he yeah, was. Um, yeah. And then, you know, so just, uh, you know, just, just, just brutal. You know, for years and years, he was kind of the epitome of the 3 and D guy mm-hmm. when you thought of that on the wing.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was the, the guy that everybody looked at and said, "This we need a Danny Green-type player, a guy who's just going to yep. defend like crazy, going to be, be smart, going to put himself in the right spots, and can hit the open three when it's available. Um, terrible, 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 like you said, the non-guaranteed contract. Even if his, like, had that injury not occurred, he would have been somewhere next year. Some team, even if, even if the Sixers yeah, oh, declined yeah. that option, he, someone would have yeah. definitely picked him up. So this is... This is devastating. I mean, not just to the 76ers and what that meant for their chances in the game last night, because I think that does that that hurt them. I'm not going to say it was the deciding factor, but it definitely hurt the 76ers' chances to compete last night. But for Danny Green potentially being the end of his career, I mean, this is this cost him what could be a lucrative contract next year, whether or not that that option was picked up. Um, and it could be mean the end of Danny Green in the NBA. Now we're we're talking doom and gloom here. Of course, we we hope that's not the case. Hopefully, he's sure. able to recover. Yeah, we... and he comes back, and maybe he's 36, but he still finds a way to contribute. I mean, we're seeing guys who are older in the NBA that are still contributing. I mean, LeBron, PJ Tucker, Chris Paul. You've got a number of guys who are who are still able to contribute, but uh, to varying degrees. But it's just something that we have to consider when you've got an injury like this. Combined with his age, we would be we would be you know remiss if we weren't talking about that being a possibility.
2: Yep. Yeah. He uh, let's see. Danny Green won. Just to make sure I have this right, he won three NBA championships. So one with the Spurs, one with the Raptors, uh, one with the Raptors and one, one with the the Lakers. So um, yeah, I mean, incredible Absolutely. career for a guy who you know was the the role player uh in the league for for so long so i i mean it's it's hard to go much beyond that but yeah it's uh you know just brutal be able to watch it kind of go like this and, and i know some people are throwing a ton of shade at joel Embiid, saying you know well that's when you're flopping around like that and stuff and i i don't know i it's you know it's just one of the, it happens like it sucks it's part of the game but you know what happens guys get rolled up on and you know sometimes it's severe injuries yeah
1: so it's, uh, it's certainly unfortunate um I, just to put a bow on it uh when i think of the modern era of the nba and the way the game has changed i think of three and d wings and i think of pick and roll bigs right you think of of the, the yeah. rim protector slash lob threat big. And and when I think of that archetype, I think of Tyson Chandler as being the guy who kind of helped usher that skill set as far as the bigs into the NBA. And I think of Danny Green first when I think of the 3 and D wing player. So it's really important in terms of of creating, I think, that modern skill set that the NBA is is looking for. Um, let's jump into that game itself, yeah. A lot of people right now, yeah. uh, and we'll get to Embiid, but a lot of people taken a lot of shots at James Harden, uh, zero points in the second half, did not look like the guy that could carry a team. What does what Philly do now? I think that's, that's kind of the lead here in terms of coming out of that, that series. What does Philly do now with James Harden? I've got a lot of people saying, you can't max this guy. You can't give him a max salary based on what we've seen here in the playoffs
2: yeah so let's just get get into the numbers in a must-win game 43 minutes took nine shots seven of them three pointers no free throws uh for for james harden uh four rebounds nine assists four turnovers just 11 points spent in my opinion the vast majority of the second half looked like he was completely disinterested Mm -hmm. in being on the floor playing at all just wasn't just wasn't pushing having any kind of impact at all i mean you've got a beat out there beat to crap doing everything you can you know and this is a guy who you know the one we focus on right is the mask now got you know his right. face but he's also got the thumb in- injury and i think it's probably pretty clear he's dealing with um I, I, he's just not moving well either, no. so I'm thinking there's probably some form of knee or leg stuff going on too, um, there. And you know he did not play well either, so you know we can be very clear about that. But uh, you know Tyrese Maxey didn't shoot well. No, no one really played well uh, for Philly, minus Shake Milton off the bench. But to get into the Harden specific stuff. This is now, well, what is it they say is it's, it's not a, it's, it's a feature, not a bug. Mm-hmm. Like this is a feature with him in the playoffs and must win games. He's just not good. you know, rarely is he ever good uh, with this. So he is um, like, it's th- that has to give you considerable pause. If you're the 76ers on, what do you want to do now? I've seen some saying like they, they can't give him more than $20 million a year. Like that's, crazy talk like it's not going to go that way but i don't know that I'm here's a full five-year max offer that pays you 60 million dollars when you're 37 five years from now i'm certainly not doing that i would probably try to do hey can we do something shorter term maybe a two-year max something like that see where this goes see how this develops and go from there hey and we'll see maybe the best path forward is just let them opt in for next season and then play it out from from there after that but uh, right now you know, I think both at the time, we both loved the trade for the Nets and the uh-huh. 76ers. And right now it looks like a massive trade for both
1: teams. You know, I think it was uh, StatMuse who is becoming more and more of a meme account that I'm saying yeah. he was focused on stats. But they put out there that um, Ben Simmons and James Harden both scored the same number of points in the second half for the 76ers last night. And I'm like, that's yeah. I don't. I, I think here's the here's the difference, right? You said Embiid didn't play well. The entire game mm-hmm. I was thinking, oh my gosh, Embiid is going to he's going to hurt himself playing in this game. That's yeah. what I was afraid was and maybe that's a little bit of, you know, Anthony Davis is still in my head because I was having some flashbacks there seeing what what Embiid was doing. Sure. But yep. I was watching that game going Embiid you could there was a moment where I thought okay, he knows they're not going to win this and in his head he's just saying I'm giving this everything I've got then. I'm just, whatever, I'm going to walk away having given everything I've got. Um, I can't say that for James Harden. Like, there's a difference. Joel Embiid played poorly, but played poorly giving everything he possibly could to try, you know, fight through whatever physical ailments he was dealing with. You could see he wasn't right. He played poorly, but he played poorly giving everything that he could. James Harden played poorly, but you never felt like he really wanted to be there. And what what is that about, particularly when you're saying, you know, now you don't give him a five-year deal, now you don't give him the $60 million. He's got, beyond whether or not he cares about winning, about winning on the team level, you've got millions upon millions of dollars on the line too. You would think that would be motivation enough on one side or the other, either mm-hmm. as a competitor or as someone who wants to get paid, you would think that would be enough to get you going. And instead, we saw James Harden that very much looked like he wanted to be somewhere else it is it's baffling that this is what we continue to see out of him in big games
2: yeah it it really is i i I mean there's not much more to be said because No one can explain it except for maybe James Harden, and and you know he's clearly not going to, and nor nor does I think he really wants to, right? Or and maybe he doesn't even have the answer himself. I really don't know. Uh, switching over to yeah. the Heat side because let's you know what not a uh, did they won this as much as Philly Absolutely. lost it. Um, Jimmy Butler did not shoot great, but he was great. Um, I guess that's the best way to put this. I mean, he has really been, you know, clearly in a series with Harden and Embiid and uh, others. He's been the best player in this series. He or was the best player in this series. Uh, you know, absolutely dominant. Again, 32 points, eight rebounds, four assists, a steal, two blocks, uh, 42 and a half minutes for, for Butler. Uh, they got... Gabe Vincent out there kind of did the Kyle Lowry-ish uh-huh. like uh, look like. He you kind of ran the show, got some assists, played defense, did it, did his thing. Uh, he did a really nice job um. Garden in between Harden and um, uh, Terry Smackey quite a bit uh, of the game. Um, Bam Adebayo was was great again, and PJ Tucker showed you know why teams want him all the time. He just kind of was out there to doing his thing, playing well. So you know the Heat back in the East Finals, they're they're going to be tough. And now Lowry will have basically a week off because the East finals isn't going to start at the earliest until Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll, he'll essentially have had a week off or so uh, to rest up and hopefully get that hamstring healed up. Cause they're going to need them because Philly doesn't play defense the way Boston and Milwaukee yeah. do. So whoever gets through that series, like the heater in for a completely different look uh, defensively uh, there. But, but I mean, and my guess is we'll see Duncan Robinson reemerge because they're going to want to have some more shooting and open up the floor a little bit. But Miami's tough. It's going to be you know it, no matter who it is, Boston or the, or Milwaukee, it's going to be really you know a, a incredible East Finals, I think.
1: It's going to be quite an adjustment for for Miami, right? I mean, it's yeah, it's you're you're climbing out of the pool and jumping into the jacuzzi, right? Like it's going to be that kind of a shock <laughs> yeah. in terms of the the defense. Not saying the Phillies' defense is awful, yeah. but it's not the same level as what they're going to see in this next round. Um, Max Struess, I thought, was was particularly good in, in this one. Twenty points, yeah. eleven boards, five yeah. assists. He was hitting big shots, and it felt like just he's basically taking
2: the Duncan yes. Robinson role, but he's a little bit better with the ball in his hands and a little bit better defensively.
1: It felt like there was a there was a moment there in the third quarter where the Heat just they just keep coming, and they broke the 76ers. Where it got where it got to a point where the the he just said no. We're we're winning this. We're ending this tonight and the 76ers went yep. Yep.
2: That's what's that's what's happening. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Like yeah, you could see uh they they made that little run, I want to say at one point in the third quarter and then it was like, well, they they that was it like you made your little run we're here now off we go you
1: know you you've mentioned before that every once in a while your uh your boston accent really comes out that when you said quarter there that it it came out it <laughs> came out on that it, one yeah it, <laughs> that was what, a good one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it pops every once in a while. Usually un- unintended. <laughs> um, let's get into. We
1: do need to talk Suns, Mavs, but let's let's touch upon a little bit of news before we jump back into another series. Uh, the Hornets mm-hmm. interviewed former Lakers head coach Frank Vogel. Uh, I think it's great that Frank Vogel's getting an interview. I think the fit is terrible. Yeah. I think that the fit is is terrible for this one.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I think you're putting Frank Vogel. If he were, I don't expect him to get the Hornets job. It would be. Recreating the issues that you had with the Lakers to some degree, where you'd be giving Frank Vogel a defensive a team that's not very good defensively, and we saw how, yeah. how that goes. So I think it's great that he's getting head coaching interviews. I think he's uh, he's got a bad rap, and that he should get those interviews. But I don't think this is the right the right fit for him.
2: Yeah, I'm completely with you. I want to see him get another chance, but this team is awful defensively. They don't have any plus defenders really on this roster uh, right now. Pro- probably the closest thing is um is uh, uh Cody Martin. Um the, PJ Washington can be okay at times but I mean the rest of these guys and Terry Rogier I don't know what's happened to his defense but he is falling completely off but yeah it, it's it's tough I mean part of me says sometimes, you when you're trying to improve on one end you you ruin what made you special on the other end uh see the new york knicks this Mm -hmm. this uh, past season um so lean all the way into your offense hire mike d'antoni and just you know score 120 points a night and just you know play up tempo and really fast and see maybe, maybe that you know pushes you in into the playoffs because it, it hasn't been working what you've been doing so you know i have no problem if you you know say forget it we'll just forget defense we'll lean fully into the offense and go speaking of that
1: of mike d'antoni we didn't touch upon it is doc done in in philly
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: Yeah, I think so. I'm a little surprised. It's almost uh, you know launch time here on the East Coast, and I'm a little surprised we haven't gotten the uh, Philadelphia and Dock Rivers uh, mutually parted ways uh, yet. I, I thought we might get that that uh, early this morning, but but we'll see. I mean, we're I I think it's probably done. Um, you know we but. I mean, it's it is tough because I know he has at least one more uh, guaranteed uh, deal or guaranteed year left. So, so let's see. We'll we'll see. All right, um, let's talk a little Zach
1: Levine. So Brian Windhorst of ESPN saying that Zach Levine may be. A little bit more available than what we were initially thinking, mentions the Detroit Pistons and Portland Trailblazers as potential landing spots. Keith, I've been saying all along that Zach Levine, while he wants to explore free agency, I didn't see an option out there that would give him a better chance to win than Chicago. But Portland is yep. interesting if they can figure out a way to make that work to go team up with Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons there. What what do you think? How does this well, I guess let's get into the the contractual stuff first how does how does a Zach Levine move work do we have to see a sign and trade with Chicago Bulls can he get to are there other teams he can get to just signing outright where does all that fall
2: yeah that's that's the tricky part of this is they there's only a couple teams with cap space and let's face it Zach Levine is uh he's going to be a max guy he's not taking less than the max so that turns into where do we kind of go from here with this if you're if you're zach levine because if you're gonna need need a max contract all right so how are we gonna rebalance and reset Mm -hmm. this um with some of these teams because the only team that can really get there to give them a max is detroit uh this summer and they were one of the other teams that was mentioned i mean that would be super interesting I, i don't know about a Cade Cunningham, Zach Levine pairing in the backcourt long term, especially uh defensively. I right. think you're you're asking for a real nightmare there. Um, but Portland becomes interesting. Again, yeah, you've got the same kind of issues with Zach Levine and Damian Lillard, but it's important to remember that's where he's from. Uh he's from the Pacific Northwest. Um, so I think there is a chance we could see that be maybe that the pairing we see is he goes there and now. Portland can go a bunch of different ways this summer. They could basically wipe the slate clean, but then you're talking about Damian Lillard, Zach Levine and not much else. And I think we've kind of seen how that goes in yeah. Portland when it was, the uh, you know, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and not much else for a lot of, uh, the, the, the past decade or so. Now they would, they would still yes, keep Zach silence, Levine is right? much better. And that's an, yeah, they would probably okay. keep him, but I mean, but that's, I mean, that's three yards, right? did you know, no bigs, no wings, no forwards. Like it, it would just—I just don't know um, that that's you know where I would go. You could do it as a sign and trade, right? They they could offer up um, Josh Hart Eric uh, Bledsoe if they wanted to go that direction. You could could make it work that way if that's you know where I wanted to go. They they could do picks, but Portland and picks are a little a little bit of a weird situation. But I did my overall takeaway from this is just Zach Levine's in play. And not a lock to re-sign with the Bulls. I would still say that's what he does, but we'll Keith, see. Keith,
1: how's, how's this for timing? As we're discussing this, I just got an email from a radio station in Portland wanting me to come on and, and talk about this, about <laughs> this situation perfect. with Zach Levine. That's it, that, that's, that is, that's funny. That's perfect timing. Uh um, <laughs> Love but it. it'll be interesting to see ultimately what happens with Zach Levine. We've been saying all along that this year's free agent class isn't going to be all that exciting, and that you know Zach Levine probably winds up staying in Chicago, and you know m- most of the major pieces aren't aren't out there and available. I think this adds a lot of intrigue to this free agent class if Zach Levine truly is yeah. out there on the market. Will be, will be fascinated to see what ultimately happens here. Now, I, I mean, on paper, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard, maybe Anthony Simons is in the mix. I, I don't know if you. He could be in your closing lineup. I don't know if you start him. But, but I mean, that's that's three really high-quality high, high quality scorers that you've got. The question is, can you then build a team around those guys with whatever you've got left? Yeah. on and none or, of
2: them have real good size, right? They're exactly. all very much guards. Right. Like, that's the the other tricky part. Yeah, yeah so we'll see yeah. what, the, what the ultimate Hey, defense. let's go to another thing. Mm-hmm. This is just coming out, and this is really interesting. Oh. Um, I don't even think you've seen this yet uh uh espn so Woj and ramona shelburne uh this is i'm just going to read the tweet Kyrie irving has long had one of nike's most popular and profitable signature shoes but uncertainties surrounding his nba future leave nike unlikely to extend him to a similar signature deal beyond next season and um mike uh vorknov from uh the athletics first uh, kind of sports business habit used to cover the the nets, mm-hmm. says this is big news that Nike would have apprehensions about Kyrie Irving's future combined with what Sean Marks said earlier, indicates a level of volatility and institutional uncertainty with an NBA star you usually don't see. Um for those who didn't see it, and I don't think we've talked about it, Sean Marks did his uh like end of season media availability Mm -hmm. and he said um basically that we want guys who want to be here and guys who are going to be available to play and if you're not like we we don't want this so that i think is the like like it it's just crazy that this is where we're at with, you know, one, one of the, uh, you know, premier players in the, um, in the, uh, you know, NBA and, and, you know, here, here we are, but, uh, unbelievable. Um, you know, I, I really don't know what to, what to make of this one. This is just, you know, another weird situation.
1: I mean, if you flip it, and we think, because we always think of things, or at least I, this is the way, I, I'm assuming you think of things this way. I think of the NBA side of it first. I think of the basketball side of it first. I think of, you know, how you, you roster construction and all that. What does it look like on the court? I tend to think of the business side of it or the, the you know, revenue side of it third, usually in my, in my list of things, the way I look at a, a story. Mm-hmm. But when you do force yourself to look at it from Nike's perspective, from a revenue perspective, I mean, do you have any certainty that Kyrie at some point isn't just going to mid-season say, no, I don't feel like playing anymore, see ya.
2: Yeah. Right? Yep. I mean, you just... Absolutely could, yeah. Um, In the article, there's this line that says, the turbulence surrounding Irving, which includes the Nets' non-committal stance on negotiating a long-term contract. I mean, it tells you what you need to know right there. Right there, I mean, that's... If the Nets are
1: questioning whether or not they want to give Kyrie a long-term deal that should, that should also bleed through to Nike saying, well, if the nets aren't going to commit to this guy long-term, will he even be in the NBA in three years? Right. So should we, why should we give him a five-year deal ourselves? You know, I mean that, I think that makes sense.
2: Yeah. I, it is. I mean, this is, Normally, right? We don't cover the sneaker stuff uh, yeah. and all that that stuff. Other people do that who have far more interest and are far better than than we are on that. But this part of it, related to the Nets part, this is a big, mm-hmm. big story, and this is going to be something. Now, you know, we're a month and a half from free agency starting. Like this is going to be huge. Go going into that, it's going to be really something to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Okay, let's talk Suns Mavs uh,
1: game six. We're going to have a game seven. Game six for Suns Sons Mavs. The Mavs
2: come out with the win. Uh I should have had the Zaza queued cu- cu- up. The Zaza Pertulia. Game seven, baby. <laughs> game seven.
1: But I did not, alas. Oh opportun- my, my opportunity. Missed. <laughs> opportunity missed. Um, opportunity missed. Oh well. I did a pretty good impression. That, yeah, I think I think that, I think so that counts. Just, I think that counts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sons and Mavs. Going back to Phoenix game, I still think ultimately Phoenix gets the win, but credit to the Mavs, man. They, I mean, taking care of business, doing what they need to do, forcing maybe the title favorite or certainly one of the favorites, particularly coming into the playoffs, to a Game Seven in round two. This is this is impressive stuff. We've been talking about how dangerous this Mavs team can, can actually be, and yep. they now have the Phoenix Suns on the brink. And this is a situation where if you're if you're a Mavs fan, you're just excited, right? Because you're not expected to to do this. And if you're a Suns fan, mm-hmm. you've got to be pretty nervous right now about what's going on here and the possibility of you know of the Suns going home in, in the second round. I mean, I don't think it's a I think the Suns win, but it's a non-zero chance that the that the Mavs come sure. out there and get it done. I mean, when you're playing against Luka Doncic, I mean, there's there's no There's no guarantee that Luka isn't going to come out and and drop 45, 10, and 10 or something and and bring the Mavs to a win. Like that, that's definitely within the range of possible outcomes. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for a game seven. This one's going to be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, no, it's what's really, really crazy is they are um, coming, we're coming off two 30 point games. Yeah uh you know two 30 point blowouts back-to-back games where the suns destroyed the mavericks and then the mavericks destroyed the suns i mean they neither one of these games was ever really close i mean this one was i mean i, I kind of sorta i guess but not no it wasn't really yeah. um you know especially you know after we got through midway through the second quarter um this one kind of stopped being close so yeah i i I don't know what to expect in this game. So I'm with you. I, I think the Suns will win. Um, I just I don't know like like we're, we're gonna see. I, I think this is gonna be a really interesting. If the if the Mavs are gonna win, the super huge analysis and breaking news here. They have to play defense. Mm-hmm. Like that's the only way they can beat this Suns team because the games where they've won, they've held them in check. They've kind of gotten to chris paul they forced a bunch of turnovers and they've been able to win that because then they get themselves a bunch of easy points um the if they're gonna if they lose it's gonna be because the suns do whatever they want offensively and kind of run around and do do their thing. so it's just been a weird series
1: It, it has um my favorite series of the second round has been uh warriors grizzlies Because they've been, you know, they've been well, except for the last one, they've been (laughs) closer, closer games, these hard-fought games. But this one, it's interesting the way that we've seen the Mavs really attack the the Phoenix Suns. There's no sense of. Oh the Suns they're just you know they're the one seed they're the better team like the Mavs have come out of here to, sure. to win this series and they've done a great job getting after these guys I mean Doncic you know 11, 11 boards 8 assists to go along with 33 points 4 steals like that's that's going to get the job done when you turn the Mavs over or the Suns over 22 times and only have six turnovers yourself that's that's showing defense that's showing a recipe for success I don't expect the same thing to hold up in game 7 it's really tough to overcome that big of a discrepancy in turnovers, and that's what we saw in in this game. Why we saw the Mavs, or part of why we saw the Mavs get the win. But if yep. it's if the Mavs have an edge in turnovers, what if it's if it's eighteen to ten or something like that, or, or sixteen to eight or something in turnovers? I think that's going to be the key stat. If they can do that, the Mavs I think could be in <laughs> business, and we're going to be in for a really close finish down the
2: stretch. Well, not the. Suns, they've had success, have targeted Luca yeah. and been able to really get after him, whether it be through pick and rolls or straight attacks or whatever it is. They've got to get back to finding a way to do that. Dallas has done a really good job in their wins of. Basically, moving they they're pre-switching stuff. They're doing a lot of um, jump switches, which is when you 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 switch, but two other guys are switching at the same time. So you're just basically getting him out of whatever mismatch Phoenix is looking for. They've they've got to be you know um, good about that and trying to get um, you know go going downhill and getting after him because that's the way you're going to win. So the
1: first two games, I think this is going to be critical here. The first two games. Chris of the series, Chris Paul, 19 points and 28 points, both fairly decisive Sun, Suns wins. The last four games that we've seen in this series, which have f- featured three Mavs wins and one Suns win, 12 points, 5 points, 7 points, 13 points. Now, foul trouble has been a factor in a, in a couple of those games, but this is, this is Chris Paul's moment now. Game seven, I think it's going to take Chris Paul stepping up and having a 15 plus point night in addition to solid assist numbers and he's got to get those turnovers down Had five turnovers last night um as much as people talk about well you know this paul chris paul is older and all that devin booker should be stepping up more things of that nature and i think devin booker's largely been pretty good in the in this year he has been really good i think this is this is chris paul's legacy Right. This is his. This is an opportunity, and who knows when this is going to come around again for him to win a championship. Game seven. I'm looking for him to really, really step up from the sun side.
2: Yeah, I think him plus somebody. Yes. Right. Whether it's Booker, Aiton, Bridges, somebody else needs to step forward and provide you know 20 points too, and and go. So yeah, it, it'll be fun. I mean, game game sevens are great. So. Yeah, you know, whenever we get one, it's a great time.
1: Okay, thoughts on tonight's game before we games before we call it a, a an evening here. We've got uh, game six for your Celtics and Bucks, game six for the Grizzlies and the Warriors. So going into Milwaukee, it's always interesting when the team leading the series has game six on their home court because it, everything can flip if the away team mm-hmm. wins that game. Suddenly, the away team gets home court advantage back so how are you feeling about your celtics tonight going in against the bucks given how i mean that was a, a devastating you've you've talked about it a lot on social media i said the celtics really gave gave yeah. away game five how are you feeling going into game six here
3: whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring podcasts on the blue wire network That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: Yeah, I mean, they have a great chance. They, they've they've. Been in all of these games um, when they play forty-eight minutes and don't turn the ball over and don't let the Bucks get out and running in transition, they're fine. It's when they turn the ball over and then they go into these this extreme slowdown, kill the clock stuff. That's when they fall apart. So they just got to play, play, play it out. They 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 can score against this team. They've locked them down in the half-court defense. You just can't be be throwing the ball around it's just not a you know it's just not a way um you know for this to work so i think that's the 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 big key is keep him out of transition keep control of the ball um you know Giannis is gonna get his you know that i mean that's that's just a guarantee but you just gotta lock in on everybody else and i'll let them get going too around him and then daniel you'll you'll be all right so i i i think i i i feel you know i don't feel great i think i expect milwaukee to win but it's not going to surprise me at all if Boston wins. Um, I, I, I I think there's, I don't know, 40% chance, 45% chance that the Celtics win in force in game seven.
1: Uh, Milwaukee is the favorite by a point and a half. So really, really close. I mean, look, the, the odds makers are predicting yeah. that this is going to be a very, very close game. So yep. looking at this, you mentioned slowing the game down, walking the ball up, things like that. That is like my pet peeve. Officiating wise this year, and I think they're gonna get rid of this. We've been talking about it all season, it's the take fouls, stopping transition, right? Yeah. That yeah. I think they're gonna get rid of. It. My pet peeve in terms of teams making choices, it has been what you're talking about. When teams get a lead and then they stop doing all the stuff that got them that lead in an effort to try to burn the clock. And it's part of why I really like the Elam ending that we've seen, you know, in the All-Star game and things like that. Because you can't do yeah. that. There's no benefit to doing this. It seems like more often than not, what?
2: I hate the you don't like it? it. I hate it. Hate it with a passion. I, I love it for like the all-star oh, yeah. game and stuff. I think if they do this mid-season tournament, great. You'll run it there. But no, I don't want it, any part of it in. in no, 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 no. Cool no.
1: I'm, not, I'm not saying put it into the regular season. I'm saying the thing sure. that I like about it is it eliminates that. It eliminates teams having incentive to try to just run out the clock because I feel like more often than not, it's dangerous when you do that. But again, the, the fix can be. Don't do that. You know, just continue playing with pace, continue to play with with uh, with aggression. Yes, not, that is. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm saying the Elam ending, just the, it, it eliminates agree. that. So that's what I enjoy about the All-Star game. And if they do that for the mid-season tournament, do it. Don't bring it into the full regular season. But you can't, more often than not, I feel like, and this is anecdotal, but when teams do that, they try to sit on a lead. What they do is they inadvertently bring back their opponent into the game because they take themselves yep. out of everything that they've done offensively. Then yep. they're missing opportunities that gets their opponent in transition, gives them easier scoring chances. And next thing you know, the game starts getting close. The pressure starts mounting and things can go sideways from there. So that I, I dislike that strategy and uh, that's, I think that's what we saw out of Boston and was a big factor in uh, the bucks getting that win.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're up- Fifteen with two minutes to play, yeah, run clock, sure. like that's fine. But the Celtics started doing that with a, a low double-digit lead with nine, ten minutes to yeah. go in the fourth quarter. That's not way too much time, especially with the way teams shoot threes and and everything else. So yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not a like yeah, that's not it. So I mean, we'll, we'll mm-hmm. see. But it's you know, it's uh, it's it's gonna be a fun one. Tonight, I think I think we're, we're gonna give you one. On the other one, I think there's a chance the Warriors kill the Grizzlies. I think, so I, I think this might just be an absolute blowout. I think the Warriors punted last game. They more so than anybody else with that veteran core that's been through it all. Is like, yeah, we don't have it tonight. We're out, and I think they they may go. But I mean, this Grizzlies team, I don't know. Every time I feel like they're done, they're not. So you know, let's see. But I, I do I do think the uh, the the. Um, warriors get that win. they
1: i mean the warriors pulled their starters what halfway through the third right like that's that's how bad that i mean but it was like a 50 point game which is, is ridiculous but but i agree i hope that's not the case i want to see a close game here and who knows if the grizzlies force a game seven and in, in memphis anything is possible there but um, I do think the Warriors get the win in this one, and I think the potential for a blowout going the other way is pretty high. I think the Warriors, as a veteran team, had their pride hurt in in that Game 5, and they're going to come back with a vengeance in Game 6. Again, I, it's not what I'm hoping happens. I hope it's a close game throughout and uh, and we get a battle, but I think the the likelihood of a blowout is up there. I think the, the Warriors, as of right now, let me double-check. I want to say they're like an 8-point favorite in this yeah, they are an eight-point favorite now. No, eight and a half now. Eight and a half-point favorite in this game. The the Golden State Warriors are so. Yeah. Odds makers agree that the blowout potential is uh, is high.
2: Yep. Good. Yeah. I mean, it's it, they they're just you know they they know I think too. It's going to be really tough. They have to go back to Memphis, okay. so get get this done now. And in you know they're also they've got that whole. 3-1 lead stuff in the back of their mind sure. also. And they they they're not gonna want to listen to that whole nonsense again. Yeah. So yeah, you get them locked in and they they take care of it tonight. Yep. All right. Hey, we have anything else break while we were
1: going through all that? Crazy news Nothing stuff? that I saw. All right. Well, it's gonna be an exciting night of NBA basketball. Keith and I are discussing when we're gonna do our next uh playback play-by-play. Things didn't work out this week, but we'll uh we'll get on those. We'll have something out. Uh, sooner rather than later, we'll do another one of those. And um, yeah, thanks everybody for joining us. Make sure that you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office YouTube channel. Don't forget to give us that five star rating and review over on Apple Podcasts. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe.